The I-90 Express Podcast, the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, hot takes, and unwarranted opinions. And where down we go, oh, 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 where down we go, oh, 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 oh. All right, guys, welcome back in uh, episode number two. We're going to do some draft reaction for the Browns and Bills and everyone else in the division, along with a little schedule reaction. So let's just jump right into it. Freddie, talk to me about the Browns. What did you like about the draft? What did you not like about the draft? Give me your thoughts. Uh, day one, day two, pretty pleased. Uh, Greg Newsom, perfect to me, value and need fit in terms of best play available at 26. Didn't have to move up to get him. I was kind of surprised that he fell to 26, uh, but it really kind of came together nicely uh, with some guards going, some linebackers going earlier. Um, so that was really He's a really nice player. He's 20 years old. He has some injury, small injury concerns, nagging stuff throughout his career, but a lot of production uh, in the Big Ten. So really happy with him. I think he's probably in the second tier of cornerbacks, but not that far behind, uh, you know, as we talked about beforehand. And then to get uh, JOK, Jeremiah Osukoromoa from Notre Dame as like a safety linebacker, rover hybrid type guy. To fall for him to fall to 52 and the Browns to move up for basically nothing, just a, a pick swap um, on day th- from a, a late uh, third round pick for an additional uh, early day three pick. I was pretty happy with um, just because I think he'll be a good fit in Joe Wood's system. I think he can do a lot of different things as either, you know, kind of a will linebacker, just a guy rushing off the edge, a lot of coverage ability, explosive playmaker. Um, hopefully they have a plan with him. I think that's a kind of a big swing pick for them because he seems like a guy who either is going to be a huge success in the NFL or is going to flame out completely because he doesn't have a position. And I just think that's how it goes with those guys. But he, he um, was, he, uh, he was ranked pretty unanimously in the top 30 on most draft boards, right? Yeah. I mean, I think consensus, everybody had him as a first round pick. So yeah. to, to snag a second, first round quality player on a defense that just needs a ton of talent and which they've overhauled now, but I don't think it's a bad thing. You just keep plugging people in there and hopefully Woods running a lot more nickel and dime sets and um, utilize him to his ability. And I think they have enough right now that he doesn't have to come in and play every single snap right away as a rookie. He can kind of get his feet wet in predictable passing down situations where he doesn't have to take on blockers he doesn't have to play in the box. He can play off the edge, either rushing the passer, defending the slot uh, in man coverage or playing zone and playing instinctively. I, I think he'll be good. Um, but I do think that there's some risk there just associated with a guy who's labeled as a 220-pound linebacker. Um, is pretty small, but um, he's an explosive player. His tape is really good. So I'm pretty happy with him. And then with their... So they, they got rid of 89 and that trip, they swapped that 89 pick that they had to move up to 52. But at 91, they took Anthony Schwartz, who is kind of the consensus uh, fastest offensive player, I think, in the draft. Um, and world-class sprinter type guy out of Auburn at wide receiver. 
maybe a little bit overdrafted and my homerism coming out though. I think that they probably wanted a wide receiver in the third round. Nico, Nico Collins ended up going a couple picks before him at, um, uh, in the third round out of Michigan. And so I think it was probably between him and Schwartz, but Schwartz, I think is a type of player that these comp pick guys at the end of the third round that have you're playing with house money with a comp pick is the type of player with a four, two, seven verified 40, or they're going to take a flyer on. So I don't think you'd wait till one ten and hope that he fell there. Exactly. Um, so, and I think coming in, he doesn't have to be anything more than wide receiver five um, for the Browns. And he can be a gadget guy. His first year, he can learn, um, he can threaten a defense when he's on the field. You have to keep track of him, even though he's still learning how to be a wide receiver, but you can stretch the field horizontally and vertically with him. Um, and he has some time to grow before he has to step up and be a wide receiver three or wide receiver two. His ceiling might be wide receiver two, but um, if you have one elite trait in the NFL on its speed, and he's not small by any means, he's six foot one, 185, 190. So he, He's got good size, um, and I think that he'll he'll work out. Day three, things kind of got a little interesting for me. Just uh, guys I was not expecting them to take. Um, tackle James Hudson out of um, Cincinnati at 110 was a left tackle for them. Admittedly, wasn't watching him at all. Wasn't expecting them to take a tackle, especially as early as 110, but – uh, the only thing I knew about him was he is the tackle from the UC game. If, you, if uh, you remember, he got tossed at the end of the first half against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl <laughs> for taking the dude's yeah. head off. Um, so that's James Hudson. Former, he, he originally went to Michigan as a defensive tackle, and he transferred to Cincinnati. Um, he had a big dust up with Harbaugh, so I already like him um, during the transfer because Harbaugh was trying <laughs> yeah. to block his transfer, some nonsense. But, that sounds like um, a He's raw. He's really raw. And, but uh, I think he's talented. I trust that um, if um, Bill Callahan, the Browns offensive line coach, who I think is like widely considered one of the top two, three offensive line coaches in the NFL, thinks that he can work with this guy and he has inside outside versatility, that um, he could be pretty good down the line. He just hasn't been playing offensive line that, that long, but he's got a lot of physical tools. Um, and so then they took Tommy Togiai next defensive tackle out of um, Ohio State, who I am personally have a lot of affinity to. He hasn't played a ton of snaps just because I think a lot of that is overblown, though, because Ohio State does a ton of rotating on their defensive line. Um, but, I mean, he's super strong. It'll be interesting. They brought in some other guys, uh, undrafted free agents, um, and then random Malik McDowell, blast from the past, um, with Marvin Wilson from FSU, who's a former five-star, two former five-star products out of high school. Um, as free agents um, that they're just kind of filling up that Sheldon Richardson void now with uh, a, taking a lot of shots on some former talent, some talented players. But no, I like Togi. I, I think he's kind of, a, he might be a tweener as a thing in the, in, uh, in the NFL. Cause he's not huge, but he's strong. He has some bursts though to penetrate for pass rush. So, I mean, we'll see um, how it works out for him. I, I personally think he should have come back to Ohio state for another year. But when you got to go, you got to go. Um, and then the next guy they took was uh, Richard LeCount, who's a safety out of uh, Georgia. And so LeCount 
was another five-star kid. And I think that's like definitely going to be a consideration for Ohio state, especially if these on these later round day three guys is like taking some talent on some un, uh, undeveloped former high-end high school recruits. The same thing with Donovan Peoples Jones in the sixth round um, in 2020 um, where LeCount had like a verified four, five 40 in high school when he's 17 years old, but his pro day ran like a four, seven. Um, and supposedly he wasn't recovered completely from his, uh, from like an accident that he had during the season on like an ATV or something. And I don't know why you run if you're not fully recovered, but whatever. But supposedly a lot of these teams, and I guess the Rams are doing this. I don't know if the, if you heard anything about the Bills talking about this either. The Rams didn't use any pro day data this year. Um, they only used, because almost every college football program now uses in-game GPS data for speed tracking. And so the Rams didn't use anybody's pro day data because it wasn't like truly certified by the combine and they just used this GPS data. I don't know how you certify that um, from these college programs either, but LeCount's apparently his in-game numbers are really good. And I haven't, I mean, I haven't studied him by any means, but the highlights um, that I've seen a couple of Georgia games that I saw, he plays much faster. There's no way he plays at a four seven. So um, he's got good instincts. He can't tackle worth a lick, but um, he's, he's pretty good in coverage. as like a deep safety. Um, so I, I was kind of surprised by that pick just because he was so slow and he was like ranked pretty low on most people's boards, but maybe they know something I don't because that GPS data is not publicly available. That's it. I think I, the bills definitely did do that, especially with their first pick. They talked about it, but I want to jump back. Are, are you purposely skipping the draft pick from the flagship school of West Virginia? Uh, oh, I did skip Tony Fields. Oh I did skip God. Tony Fields. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot about Tony Fields. Tony Fields, a.k.a. the poor man's uh, Jeremiah Ousukorma. No, I'm sorry. I did not. I, I forgot how much I could care less about linebackers. Big 12 newcomer of the year led the Big 12 I'm, in tackles. I'm sorry. I, I do apologize. I Tony, please forgive me. I just don't care about linebackers at all. And that was this is this is very confusing to me why they took this linebacker. Um, no, I think Tony Fields is like a decent player. I think he'll make the team the the team as a special teams guy and goodbye Mac Wilson. Thank goodness your greatest moment will have been concussing Patrick Mahomes at, as a Brown. So not, not enough the, though. No, he's truly terrible. Um, but. No, I, I like Fields. He is actually a linebacker, but he's still pretty small. Um, I think they're just going like, to keep taking day three shots on linebackers because they really don't care about it. But Fields is a really good player in college. Um, he was good at – was he at Arizona? Or Arizona? Yeah, he was at Arizona right before West Virginia, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was really good at Arizona too. Um, yeah, he was. So I, and he's got a ton of, ton of college um, experience So because he's a grad transfer to WVU. I don't know if he I actually – he was – remember when the Pac-12 was thinking about – like, oh. they, they came out like, we're not doing a season because we're awesome. Is that what the deal was? Uh, I thought was that like, he was a grad transfer. I, I think he's got, though, like three or four full seasons almost as a starter. I think he it, has three full seasons. He had two yeah. at Arizona, one at West Virginia. Okay. So, I mean, he can play. He's hurt, though, now. He showed up to rookie minicamp hurt. So. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a foot. Supposedly, it's not that big a deal, but – I mean, this is a guy who's he's battling for a roster spot. Almost all these day three guys, um, I think Hudson is guaranteed a roster spot at 110, but nobody else is guaranteed a roster spot. Togiai probably, but um, I wouldn't – and anybody else, it's going to be – it's an uphill battle. 
Um, and then their last pick. So this is the last, the guy I'm excited about is Demetric Felton that they got in the sixth round is a guy who um, at UCLA was a running back. He's small. He's like 180, 190. But at the senior bowl, he did a lot of work at um, wide receiver and he was clocked as the fastest guy at the senior bowl. Um, so I'm really interested to see oh, wow. he's going to be fighting for a roster spot also um, for running back three, but he might be like the long-term solution for Kareem Hunt. If they work out an extension with Nick Chubb, I, that remains to be seen. Um, but he is like a gadget guy. Um, he has a lot of experience in the return game, really explosive guy in the return game. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, we'll see if it can translate um, to the NFL. Obviously it's a big jump from the PAC 12 to the, to the big 12 or to the NFL, but um, he's, he's done it at that level. So um, I'm excited with the speed that they added with him and um, Schwartz on offense. And I think the defense back seven got better with uh, Awusu Kormo and um, Newsom. Um, I think Fields is a nice depth piece. I think Togi is a depth piece. Um, I think LeCount is like a fringe roster guy. Um, that could be a nice depth piece. Hopefully he doesn't have to play this year. He does a lot of things the same that Grant Delpit, who they took in the second round out of LSU um, last year. He does a lot of the same things very well. He can cover the slot and man. He can play free safety, has some of the same weaknesses. He just doesn't do things at the same level that Delpit did. He's not, he's not the athlete Delpit is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, my biggest thing with, with the Browns draft is there's like this universal consensus, like, A, a for the Browns. And that like gives me a lot of pause because I'm like, Oh man, when everybody's tooting your horn, that means it's like no good, whatever, like a day after the draft assessment means. Cause you don't really know anything for a couple of years down the road. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, they got an extra fourth for next year. I think that there was like generally a lot less trading than there normally is just because people were bereft of data. So they were not interested in moving up um, for picks like they normally are. Um, but who knows? It'll, it'll be interesting. It's, it's like a really weird position as a Browns fan to be in when you're like, well, every single one of these draft picks could be just a backup next year or like when come week one. So even Newsom will be in a, a fight to be cornerback too with Greedy Williams. Um, I think Newsom is more talented than Greedy Williams, um, and has more ability, but um, Greedy Williams was still a second round pick and even before his last year at LSU was projected as a top 10 pick going in so he's like definitely talented has a lot of physical skills it's just if he can translate and stay healthy so I don't know what my my overall my overall thoughts because day three just got kind of silly and there were guys that I would have taken instead um, personally not that I like study these guys massively or anything but if it was just up to me that were available um, like Jamar Johnson out of Indiana was available I know we were texting about that during the draft um, and he, as he was falling, um, you know, maybe they didn't like his, the quantity of experience that he had, but, um, you know, I would give it like a B. I, I was like happy with it. I was, I was like a plus through the moon, uh, when they said, Owusu Kormoa, um, Schwartz, I'm happy with, I can like get on board with him. He's just not, he's not like a finished product. So, but whatever, that's what you get at 91, right? We're not getting like perfect guys, but 427 is 427. And then day three, we're just kind of like, whatever, we're taking shots here. So I give it a B overall. But what did you think of the Bills draft? Yeah, no, I mean, going just just touch on the Browns. I I think if Newsom, if, if the Browns don't take Newsom at 26, and I know the Bills didn't take a corner until I think round six, five or six, uh, actually round six, yeah. 
uh, I think the Bills would have taken uh, Newsom um, with their pick in, at 30 instead of the guy who they picked, which was Gregory Rousseau, who was not even on my radar. And nobody's mock drafts from the Bills that I listened to. I think there was one guy um, that had him going, that, but I didn't listen to it. Nobody had Greg Rousseau going to the Bills. So I didn't know how to feel about it. And, and again, the point that you made, you, can, you can't really evaluate the week or the day after the draft. Everyone's saying who won the draft. Nobody freaking knows. I don't know if Greg Russo is good. I know that he had 15 and a half sacks. I watched his tape. He didn't really have any moves. He just kind of had long arms and he was pushing and kind of fell into some sacks. And I, I don't know how to feel. And the Bills saw something that they liked. So I'm not, I'm pretty mild about that pick at 30. I wish Newsom would have dropped all the way at 30. And when the Browns picked him, I was like, my God, of course the Browns. Uh, pick Newsom and I was hoping they would draft back uh, or trade back they didn't and you know Rousseau seems to have a big freaking personality which is good in Buffalo because you know they just need that type of guy to cut they 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 need guy they need all the personality they can get in Buffalo especially with the team they have now but I think the Browns and Bills were in a very similar situation going into the draft they did not need to draft day one starters necessarily Right. So that's a luxury to position to be in. So they can draft the best player available that they see. And that's what they did at pick 61 with Boogie Basham. So like going back to back DNs, I was just like, my God, what are they doing? Um, obviously, Brandon Bean knows what he's doing. And he's just like, look, man, I just need to stock up on young, affordable defensive ends so they can um, so we can get their peak years in their rookie contracts. Uh, kind of doing what I mean, everyone's talking about it. They're doing what the Bucks did to Mahomes in the Super Bowl, right? Just absolutely pressuring him. But then again, the Bucks were pressuring him without both of his starting left tackles and an injured guard. So, like, they were going against high schoolers at that point. Um, but yeah, Boogie Basham, I was a big fan of because a lot of people had him like in their top 30 and he was going in the first round in a lot of mocks and they got him at 61. And, that, and they were actually going to trade back. But Brandon Bean said if Boogie Basham was going to be there at 61, that he wasn't going to trade back, and he ended up falling all the way to 61. So I was a big fan of that pick. And a lot of people are saying Basham is going to play more this year than Rousseau. So it's going to be those two will always be compared, considering that they were one and two picks in the 2021 draft. Um, I think Basham is more advanced than yeah. Rousseau, like a lot more. He's older than Rousseau, though, too. Yeah. So. He was he, like, everybody took him off the Browns board because the Browns are like, this is the age limit. There is no going past the age <laughs> limit. And it's like, it's, it's not even, they haven't drafted anybody above uh, 23. And like the oldest person, they start to list it for undrafted free agents, but um, no, Basham can really play. I know it's just Wake Forest, but he can really play. So, yeah, his, he, um, yeah, I liked – I mean, you look at the tape of Russo, the, the difference is the measurables. Uh, and, and Russo, before he did his pro day, was was mocked in top 15 mocks everywhere. And he was just a little bit slower than people liked. But his arms are just so freaking long. If the Bills think that they can take their culture and their coaching and turn them into a real special specimen. Uh, but Basham is more polished. I think his ceiling is a little bit lower than Russo's, but his floor is way higher. I mean, this, this guy. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so I, I think we can see Boogie Basham day one. Um, I mean, Rousseau could be like Epinesa. Um, what AJ Epinesa was for the Bills last year may not even be active uh, on game day rosters. Uh, so we'll see. I, I really like what the Bills did with their um, with their 
round three and fit, uh, round five picks. Uh, they went offensive tackles at both of them. And what what was that comment that you you called these guys? You called them. Just I don't like, remember. I mean, there's just like the normal like big lineman that it was like ridiculously fast. Uh, the relative athletic. Uh, oh, the rel- the RAS score, yeah. The yeah, yeah. You, you, they're just like molds of clay. Just the, yeah. the guys that are massive, fast. Both of them. Uh, Spencer Brown came from Northern Iowa, uh, and Tommy Doyle came from Miami of Ohio. So kind of unknown. Uh, I mean, just smaller colleges. And I, but I like what they're doing. The Bills are one injury away to Daryl Williams. Um, oh my God! I'm, I'm and I'm brain farting on the left tackle's name. Um, signed a massive contract. Um, Deion Dawkins, my God, Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams. One of them goes down. They're in a position that the Chiefs were in in the NFL last year. So uh, the Bills are like, well, let's just just stock up on guards. So they literally looked, watched the Super Bowl last year. They saw the weaknesses in the Chiefs and the strength in the bu- strength in the Bucks, and they were just like, you know what, this is we're not going to lose because of this next year. And so they got some depth at the offensive tackle. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Doyle pick, um, just because not necessarily from what I've seen on film, but what almost every bills beat writers writing about him um and so he may be a little bit of a reach especially at a round five pick but i love their pick at uh 203 uh marquez stevenson he's a slot guy kind of gadget player out of houston but he can return a lot of kicks he can return kicks i don't think he can return punts uh but i think he's kind of an under the radar draft pick because i think he has a really good chance to make the roster especially if he can return kicks uh, and he has – he's kind of like Antonio Brown when he came out of Western Michigan, right? He didn't have great testing speed. But you look at him on the tape, and he's just running away from everyone. And a couple of Power 5 schools that they play, like Oklahoma, um, you could just see this guy running away from DBs. And so it was he, – he's an athlete that I think can replace John Brown, not necessarily in terms of production on offense, but if he's able to get a couple of reps, he can take the top off of defense because – Diggs doesn't really do that because he does his own thing underneath. Beasley definitely doesn't do that. Gabe Davis doesn't do that with his speed. So it, it the the Bills and Emmanuel Sanders at age 49 can't do that either. So Marquez Stevenson, I think, has a spot in this offense if he can click, right? So I, I think that's a good pick uh, for the Bills. A little, And not a lot of people are talking about him. Um, but I like him out of Houston. And then they got um, – a safety from um, Pitt, uh, DeMar Hamlin, who a lot of people think is going to make the roster uh, just because Dean Marlowe, who is a backup safety for the Bills, uh, walked in free agency. So this is a guy that can be on special teams uh, and kind of be that um, safety three behind Poyer and Hyde. And then they Who's finally put the – Penn State? Say that again? Hamlin was good at – Hamlin was good at Penn State. Wait, Hamlin was at Penn State? I thought he was Pitt. I thought he was at Penn State. I think it was Penn State. I think you're right. Yeah, no, he was, I, I, he was good. He was always a thorn in Ohio State's side. He was like he playmaker. I, I yeah, I don't he, nice right. like, he was like the captain, the leader of the locker room, uh, kind of like a ball hawk. And again, his measurables aren't there, but he's he could be a, he should be a good special teams player, even though he doesn't have that much because he was like the stud of the defense. He didn't play special teams that much. Um, so what, hopefully he can transition to that, um, in the NFL. And 
uh, wild goose to cornerback take. I mean, all this talk for me in the first pod about the Bills needing a draft a QB a cornerback too. I think they're pretty confident in their quarterback room if they're going to wait till pick two thirteen to draft a cornerback who probably won't make the roster. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose, uh, Wisconsin guy. I think he had really good, you know, years in the Big Ten. Uh, he was a good. I mean, especially at Wisconsin. I know he was injured quite a bit. Um, but I think PFF rated him really highly. Um, I don't think his measurables were that great. Um, I don't, and I don't know if he has a really good chance to make the roster considering Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace are now going to be the Q uh, in a battle to have cornerback two and Rashad wild goose will just be in a battle to make the roster. Um, and I think this is another guy with not a lot of special teams experience. So let's see if that hurts him in the long run. And then in round seven, they pick guard Jack Anderson, uh, pretty lukewarm on that if I had to give a grade on the draft and again it's from absolutely no watching of the film on my end outside of after the draft happened I'd probably give it a b minus I'd give it a b minus but I would give the brown if I had to grade the browns I'd give them an a minus because I just like the fact that they got Newsom at 26 uh, and then they also traded up to get um the linebacker that fell all the way. Um, oh, crap. Oh, we'll Ooh, it's Coram- yeah. yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think I give the Bills kind of like a B, B plus. I don't love Russo. Um, I think that he sat out this year, which is just kind of, I don't feel like great about anybody that but sat it- out. He, he said he sat out because his mom was a ER nurse. So that, that so he's just like, oh, he kind of sat out and he kind of feel that way. But then he's like, my mom. And you're like, oh, okay. Right. So he could have a valid reason. This is my like blanket feeling. He just, <laughs> it's it, it not like all things aside from COVID, like he lost a year of football development. And so I'm just kind of like, eh, for a guy who really needs football development also. Yeah, um, no, I, I mean, and again, I don't even, he may not even be active on game days this year. I know Brendan Bean expects him and uh, Boogie Basham to compete for the starting job uh, in a room that has Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, which, you know, I was thinking about it. This could be a good thing because both Addison and Hughes are very old, uh, considering that they're DNs, and they could really ment- like mentor both of these young DNs. Um, and Russo needs all the mentorship that he can get. Yeah. I think Basham. I really like the Basham pick. If he can pick Basham's brain on how to rush the passer and, like, Instead of just winning, like, against guards that he can just bully. Uh, I don't – he could still work out. I don't know. It's just – I think it's a big shot. But I think at 30, like, what are you taking? You don't have 30 first-round grades. You have, like, 15 or 20 probably. Yeah. And then you're hoping – 30 is not a great spot to draft. You couldn't trade back. I'm sure Bean wanted to tra- trade back out of 30 if he could. Nobody could trade back. Um, so – and, and he, t- he talked about Russo falling to the Bills at 30. And so, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, you, I believe nothing these guys said because I heard Bean talking about <laughs> Russo's, his, his pro day numbers and they were completely false. And I hear the Browns front office talking about Jeremiah Osu, Osu He's definitely a linebacker. Yeah. You see him, you know, stacking and shedding blockers in college. There's not a single clip. Nobody can find a single clip of a Wusu Koromoa stacking and shedding an offensive lineman in college. So I don't know if they're looking at high school tape. I don't know if they're considering like a tight end or a running back, you know, whatever they want to convince themselves. 
these guys are like just straight lying. The lying season doesn't stop at the draft. It continues for several days uh, afterwards when these guys are pumping up their picks because it's just, it's just nonsense season. Just justify. This is the only guy I wanted. No, that's false because if you could have gotten Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell or whatever, you would have taken him. So don't tell me this is your guy. This is the only guy. Yeah, I, I wish I mean, I honestly wish the Bills could, could have traded. I mean, because if you trade back out of 30, you'll get a solid value for that pick, considering considering that you're swinging. Bad. Right. at 30 and I I want to move on from it because I might get a little upset thinking about it now what could have been <laughs> because I think if they would have taken a Wusu, like honestly if the Bills were taking Basham or a Wusu Koromoa at pick 30 I would feel just as indifferent as I do now which is I don't know it's definitely not a good thing um, I think the problem you know who I think would have been really good is Peyton Turner who went to the Saints at 28 Peyton Turner can really play and he was under the radar from Houston and he's got incredible measurables and he's got inside outside versatility um and he really crept up kind of late in the process into the first round but i think he can really play um, yeah I, um, I i i had a buddy talking about him a big um big big saints guy and he and he, and he was pretty pumped about him um, yeah he can play and, and the the bad thing is, and we can transition into the other uh, other teams in the division everyone it feels like unanimously loves the draft from anyone uh in the AFC East especially starting with the Dolphins everyone's like oh J- Jalen Waddles the it's the guy but he's better than Devontae Smith he's a receiver to get and then Jalen Phillips at the end that they drafted at 18 they were like he is going to be an absolute stud um and so it, so just hearing this I, I just see it all across Twitter uh the beat writers talking about how each team around the division really drafted well it it just it doesn't really concern me, but it's just it, it makes me a little f- upset. Not at the Bills or anything, but just you just don't like to hear that because the Bills aren't getting the media love, and I want them to get the media love. And it's just everyone else in the division because they had such great drafts. And I'm like, you guys don't even know if it was a great draft because we don't like we can't judge that right now. Well, when the Dolphins had what 15 of the first 32 picks, right? So they it what. Of course, they had a good draft. Also, Jalen Phillips, that's too high for – I guess when you have so many first-round picks, you can take a chance on somebody like Jalen Phillips, exactly. who's potentially one concussion away from, you know, dropping dead on the field. So good luck with that product, Miami. I wish him all the best, but when you have to medically reco- retire due to concussions, uh, good luck. It's kind of like the, the Caleb Farley pick by the Titans. Or no, not by the Titans. Who took him? Uh, the Colts. No. No, the Titans took him. The Colts took uh, Quiddy Pay. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, Pay. the Michigan yeah, guy. So it's like good luck with the Titans. With You're drafting a 22 year old with a two time, he's already had two back surgeries. Okay, good luck uh, with your first round pick. No, but I, this is my, I don't think the AFC North is in a similar situation because anyone that knows anything, the Steelers took a running back in the first round. That is hilarious. I don't care <laughs> who. Great. Like Najee Harris is a good player. I, I watched him at Alabama. He was a good player. And, and it wasn't even back. late in the first round. It was like in the, it wasn't even like, if it was that pick 30, you can maybe. Who like, okay. is protecting their quarterback? Why did they not take an offensive lineman? And the rest of their draft is moot to me because they took a running back in the first round. So I'm just laughing. <laughs> it didn't even matter to me after the, what the Browns were picking because it was like, this is the best. 
And this is after the Bengals pass on Penny Sewell, who is like, you know, such a no doubt about it. You're, you have your quarterback, you think, and you're going to, you already have a good wide receiver core, yeah. but you, you need protection for your quarterback. He just destroyed his knee last year and you pass on a guaranteed surefire. I understand Jamar Chase is an excellent wide receiver prospect. Penny Sewell is as close to can't miss as you can get from a left tackle prospect, according to everyone who studies this. And you passed on him. And then you took Jackson Carmen, who can't, who was a guard. He can't, he's not even going to play tackle in the NFL. And I got, he's a Southwest Ohio guy. And what I just can't believe. And everyone's like, well, you know, Burrow is good with Chase, so I'm good with it. Are you really having the 24-year-old quarterback be the GM now? Is that what we're trying to do? Because Joe needs to just pass the ball and run for his thinking life. Because Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and whatever myriad of blitzers the Ravens are going to throw at the Bengals twice a year literally were popping champagne when they took Jamar Chase said, thank you very much. I'll be padding my sack numbers for my next fat contract twice a year against the Bengals for at least another year when they took Jamar, like it, you just, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. And I understand that they're desperate and you want to, and maybe Jamar Chase is going to be a Hall of Famer and he's Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, but I just don't know how you do that without the protection. Um, and the Ravens had a very good draft, unfortunately, as always, but I take solace in the fact that the Ravens taking um, Rashad Bateman, who's a wide receiver out of Minnesota that I love one. Pick oh yeah. We, we both like Bateman. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily, um, or unfortunately for Rashad and his family, all wide receiver draft picks for the uh, Ravens bust. So um, I, I have hope in that. They, I mean, they also took uh, uh, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State later. I on, liked, yeah. Um, who on day three, I think. That was and, great value, yeah, 131. Yeah, so, you know, he here's that's another – um, you know, good pick. So I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I think that they, the Ravens always draft well, um, but you never know with these guys. Um, it's like the tough thing when you have three teams that are drafting the twenties in your draft. Um, and then one team that's drafted in the top uh, three that or five, whatever the Bengals draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, well, that one draft pick's not going to change your franchise. I hate to tell you. Um, unless it's a quarterback. So what, so what did you think of Sean Wade at 160 for the Ravens? I think he's a good player. He's a good value for him. He, I think he'll be good for the Ravens because he's going to play special teams. He doesn't have to come play right away. Um, if he just has to play nickel and play safety, he'll be good. He, I mean, he has some experience at outside now. He just wasn't very good last year. I don't think he was as bad as people made it out to be. Because he was um, an All-American in 2020, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think maybe like second team or third honorable mention by some people. He's good. At, he's really good in the nickel um, because he's he's pretty long, but he's quick. Um, he just didn't have a good luck. He didn't have a good year when he transitioned outside uh, last year. And I don't know if it was because they couldn't get the practicing. They couldn't do what they needed to do to get him engaged on the techniques. If it was the coverage they were calling for him, who knows? But there were a couple of times when he just got eaten alive and it was just embarrassing for him, but 
overall, like I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, he still had some like super splash plays where you're like, wow, this guy's incredible. Um, I don't, I don't, he, he's nothing special to me. I don't know. He, he'll be good. I was just checking out the Steelers pick Najee. I, I still can't believe they picked Najee Harris at 24. I just don't understand who's blocking. Like you don't have Villanueva walked. You so don't have I, a center. Like, what Villan- are you doing? Villanueva went to the Ravens, right? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't scare me at all. He sucks. <laughs> Fellow West Point graduate, he sucks. Yeah, so so what was – so he he was uh, de- deployed for four years and came back and just started kicking ass. I mean, he wasn't deployed the whole four years. But, yeah, he was in Ranger Regiment. He deployed a bunch of times. And then um, he came back. He played wide receiver when he was at West Point. And then he just, <laughs> like, bulked up huge. Jesus. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine that. I'll leave that to everyone's imagination how you get up to 300 pounds. Yeah, I don't. I, I think eating at five guys four times a day will do it for me. <laughs> well, on my way, though. But, I mean, he's had a great career. He's a great story. I, I mean, there. Yeah. Yeah. I, he I, just played. He's, he's only played for teams I hate. So sorry. Sorry, Ali. <laughs> All right, so so in the going back to the AFC East, the uh, the I, I want to go talk about the Dolphin. I they did something I liked, and I forgot to mention it. They they had the third draft pick from Houston. Thanks Houston for being terrible. Um, but then they drafted back from, you know, they traded back pick number three to pick number six for a future first rounder a third rounder, and I think a sixth rounder, which is incredible value considering they still got uh, Jalen Waddle at number six, and they weren't going to pick a quarterback, even though everybody was talking about how Tua may not be the quarterback of the future. I mean, who are you going to pick at three, right? Um, you, you're going to take a – like, you're going to swing for the fences for who? Um, Trey Lance, who the San Francisco 49ers ended up picking. So you're going to have two projects, Trey Lance and Tua Tagovailoa, in there. And that was just going to make everything toxic if you're going to have two. You can't do that. The Cardinals did uh, did that when they double-dipped two years in a row when they had Jared Goff, not Jared Goff, but Josh Rosen, and then also uh, Kyler Murray, who uh, famously said by, uh, I think, Aqib Tlaib, Calamari. Kal- Kal- and then, uh, but yeah, no, I think the the Dolphins, uh, I like Javon Holland uh, out of Oregon. I think that was a really good pick, underrated pick, the, the safety out of Oregon. And I like this, the Dolphins defense in general. They were really good last year, I think. But I think they struggled um, from a standpoint and getting to the quarterback with just their D lineman. They had the first, third highest uh, blitz uh, percentage in the NFL. Uh, but they did force real, uh, like a ridiculous amount of turnovers and like very timely turnovers. So, I, but I don't know if that uh, can is something that you can count on for the next year. It's just something that's kind of random uh, from year to year. Um, but I know a lot of Bills fans really wanted Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, um, and so the it would be really interesting to see what they do. The dolphins do considering they have Mike Isecki. Uh, they took Hunter along with pick 81. So that uh, a lot of bills fans kind of like that uh, from that standpoint. Uh, and then you, you look at the jets and you can, again, you can't really judge right now. Um, 
if the class is good or not. You can only see what they were doing and seeing what they were doing. And honestly, I kind of like from the standpoint abstractly, okay, they drafted the quarterback that they liked in Zach Wilson. Okay, then they what what do you do when you draft a quarterback? Uh, Let's not take the page out of the Bengals uh, book and draft just receivers, Um, but they're going to draft offensive linemen. Right. To protect, who, who's going to protect the quarterback? So I think they're going to learn from Sam Darnold and what the Bengals are doing. Um, the Bengals are doing with Burrow and they're going to try to protect him as much as they can. So, yeah, I like what the Jets did uh, just out of principle. Um, and so, yeah. And then the Patriots. Who knows? I don't I don't think Mac Wilson is good. But then again, did anybody think Tom Brady was good back in the day? Probably not. But I don't think Mac Wilson is good. And I don't think he's going to start over Cam Newton this year. Um, and if they do, then that's going to be a little bit toxic in the locker room. And I could love me a little bit Belichick getting hot and bothered on the sidelines. I could see that all year long. So um, if I if I had to rank one through five in the AFC East, dra- my, how I enjoyed the draft this year, it would be the Dolphins that won out of consideration that they traded back three picks, uh, three slots, and they gained an additional first-round pick uh, plus the third and six, which is crazy. Uh, and they also got a lot of talent. And they may – I mean, they may got swing and miss on some, but they can probably going to swing and hit on more than they miss. Uh, so they got the Dolphins at one. Uh, the Jets at two, the Bills at three, uh, and the Patriots at four. Uh, so that's what I'm going with the AFC, uh, AFC East draft rankings. What about you? I don't, I don't love Mac Jones at all. I think he is going to flop massively. I do not get the infatuation. He's going from literally unmatched skill position and offensive line talent to who, who are his wide receivers for New England? I know they threw a bunch of money at tight ends. Yeah. But who who are the wide receivers? Who are the running backs? There's a lot of tight ends out there. I, I just don't like and he the system he ran at Alabama is not remotely similar to what they run in New England. So are they going to change the system to do what he did? They don't have the personnel to run jet motion and orbit motion the whole time like Devontae Smith did to get matchups that you wanted. It just, I don't know. It's, I, I just don't see how it's going to translate, but his, just his average depth, his average depth of target, his average time to throw is like so small and he's a very accurate passer. I think he's like, I think he'd be a career backup, but I think he's AJ McCarron 2.0. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to say like that. Yeah, I, what's interesting, to I think that says a lot about not only um, Mac, but also um, Tua Tagovailoa. Because remember, everybody said that he may not have the best arm strength, uh, but he's like the best RPO quarterback of all time. And then Mac Jones does it the year after, like the same exact thing, the same exact success. Uh, So I think it really debunks Tua Tagovailoa as being like this schemey RPO type quarterback that's just – uh, processes thing at a different level. And then you got um, Mac coming in, just winning, dang near winning the Heisman. Um, but anyway, I want to try, I want to talk about the Jets. Zach Wilson, right at two, who may or may not be good. He could very well not be good. But I like the Elijah Vera Tucker pick at 13 and the Elijah Moore pick 
uh, from Ole Miss. I think we both are pretty high. I on love Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore. It's too bad that he's going to the Jets where he's going to fail miserably. Yeah, exactly. So. We, we don't know. You know, the Jets are going to Jet, and so you don't know. But it's the exact opposite of what the Bengals did, right? The Bengals – No, I agree with it completely. They're, they're, I don't agree with their pick at two, but at least they're going out and trying to protect the quarterback and trying to do things in like a sensible way where it's like it, – it doesn't matter to me whether you're – like the best teams in the NFL, you saw it in the in the Super Bowl of if you can't protect and you can't rush the quarterback, then okay. Like Tyreek Hill still needs time to get open. The fastest player in the NFL still needs time to get open. Open. Nicole Hardman still needs time to get open. Like I, I, Patrick I Mahomes. Say, I will say this about the Jets: if if you replace Justin Fields at two, um. With like you, if you if you changed Zach Wilson and Justin Fields up, I kind of feel a little bit more like uneasy um, playing the Jets next year because they took Mackay Becton. I mean, their their line shouldn't. Is, I don't think it's gonna be great, but it should be good. And Elijah Moore, we both like a lot. I, I think Justin Fields is a better prospect than Zach Wilson um, and Trey Lance. Um, I don't know how you feel about Justin Fields dropping all the way down there to the Windy City. I don't really get it personally, but he's going to fail miserably in Chicago because that place is a dumpster fire. (laughs) I think it's so situationally dependent. Like I think Lawrence is going to fail miserably in Jacksonville because I think Urban Meyer is on the retirement plan on the $60 million retirement plan of like, I'm just going to coast through these next few years and make sure that my grandkids, grandkids can get a piece of this trust fund action and (laughs) whatever, like the jets are just, I don't, I don't even I don't even understand their what they're doing with their head coaching hire. Like I got maybe that will work out for them. I just don't see. I guess Sean McDermott is kind of in the same vein, but is Mo Salah like Mister Analytics forward thinking guy, or is he Mister Rah Rah? Like I can I I am also like a big meathead, so like this is what we need for a head coach. I don't know. I think and then yeah, I think Salah and uh, Todd Bowles are the same exact guy uh, in terms of who they. And so maybe he's going to be great. I don't know. I just don't get it personally with like a whatever. So, and then you've got, um, what's his, what's the head coach's name in green Bay? Oh, <laughs> Aaron Jones is uh, Aaron Rodgers' younger brother. Yeah. Um, but it's actually his brother is the OC for the Jets. Matt um, LaFleur. Yeah. So his LaFleur's brother is the OC for the Jets because all those guys were in we're with the 49ers. So he came over. I don't know. People like LaFleur, but Mike, yeah, Mike LaFleur. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it just, I just, and then I just think that like Chicago is on its last, this regime is on its last breath. So then you're going to start doing regime changes. And I just think it just screws up with the quarterback's continuity. I just, I, I, I staunchly believe, and I think, I don't know, maybe you disagree with me on this, but I think that if you would have reversed, Baker Mayfield and uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bills quarterback, whose name I can't remember. Josh second. Allen. Josh Allen. Don't do that to me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The uh, future Super Bowl MVP. Hey, I, hey, um, I plan. I, I plan. I plan on us doing a podcast, absolutely doing a deep dive into both of these guys and comparing them. Uh, but I just think I think that they would be at the same. They would be at the if they had swapped positions in the draft and the continuity were the same, like it, everything else stayed the same, then they would have been 
they'd be in the exact same positions they are now where Baker Mayfield with the Bills would have been a border, you know, a serious MVP candidate last year. And Josh Allen would have still been pretty good with the, with the Browns last year, but you would have had this really uneven trajectory because you had all this dynamic, this dynamic thing happening. I don't think until you get a quarterback on their second contract, can you start introducing this kind of huge variance in what's going on around him? I just think it's too important for the quarterback to have stability with head coaches, play callers, the talent around them um, in their early years, as much as you can to ask that these guys really succeed. Maybe that's not true for like the super generational guys, but even those guys really kind of struggled out of the gates. If you look at Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger's yeah. numbers in yeah. recent history, their first couple seasons, you're like, whoa. And you're like, oh, well, Ben Roethlisberger went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, look at his numbers and then look at anybody else's numbers. I know the game has changed a little bit, but even if you adjusted for that, you'd be like, this guy went to a Super Bowl? Yeah, because he had like an historically great defense. He yeah. had Jerome Bettis running the ball. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it would be interesting to talk about what, if they would be the same or not, I don't know. But the, I, I just have a feeling that uh, so I don't I, know that Fields is good enough to be to overcome a lot of chaos early in his career. That's my feeling on him. I think he's a good player. I think he's got like a ton of a ton of talent, but I just don't know if there's if he's good enough to overcome whole turnover GM and head coach and everything that comes with that. Yeah. I don't know about in Chicago, um, but I wanted to go back just a little bit of touch on the Baker and Josh Allen narrative. I think Baker Mayfield and the Brian Dayball system would have flourished quicker than Josh Allen, just like he did in Cleveland rookie of the year. Obviously he, he had a better, start to his career i still think he got robbed by saquon he got robbed by saquon for oh wait baker didn't win rookie of the year no it's a travis oh let's not talk about it uh, yeah let's not talk about it anyways we gave it to a running back saquon and i guarantee you the giants if they could go back they would not draft saquon barkley as high as they did i mean gettleman's an idiot so probably he would still do it (laughs) anyways i think the trajectory the even if the Browns, I mean, it's so hard to say. I think continuity, as you said, is the most important thing for a young quarterback. I just think that the traje- the trajectories would be the same today, even though Josh Allen would be on the Browns or in Baker Mayfield would be, would be on the Bills. I could be just the biggest homer of all time. I just think Josh Allen is just a beautiful specimen of a quarterback. Um, and I really, and I was on his bandwagon from day one. I know we don't have podcasts to back me up, but I was a big supporter of Josh Allen, but I was also a big fan of Tyrod Taylor and Bills fans hated Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I didn't think. No, no, no. I agree with you. I think Josh Allen could still be very good. I, I mean, I think, I think it'll be disappointing if Baker Mayfield doesn't throw 37 touchdowns next year. So I think that's the same place that Allen would be. I think that he would have had the same struggles though, that Baker had going into year two when you oh, yeah. had a forced marriage between a head coach that was basically a, you know, lame duck head coach who had a forced OC on him, who was pining for the job the whole season. And then, you know, you had a little bit of flourishing going on there at the end of your rookie year. You come in second year with this great play caller, you think, who really can't handle the job. 
And so it just doesn't work out because you can't protect the quarterback because you have no offensive tackles uh, worth anything. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a question of, I think that there's just like a lot more circumstantial stuff that goes into that than we generally give credit to in the narrative, because it's just like, well, it's just about the quarterback. Well, it is about the quarterback. Assuredly, it's the most important position, but there's a lot of things in environmental factors that go into making a great quarterback and whether these guys succeed or not, um, I think is very, is much more complex than we want to, the, oh, yeah. the general but, narrative on to. Yeah. I mean, the, the narrative could be the same thing for, I mean, so J- Baker Mayfield has been unstable in terms of his coaching staff. Um, Josh Allen has been, un- he's had instability uh, in the run game. So like teams literally key on Josh Allen the whole time because the bills may run the ball twice a game. Um, and Baker Mayfield has two beautiful running backs, a great offensive line and an offensive guard from Virginia tech. What was his name? I think he was in Buffalo for a half, a hot second. Why, why tell her? Yeah, but that offensive line thing was new last year is the thing. So, uh, no, I, I, you know, it's funny now after the draft, people are ranking in the AFC. The pecking order right now is the Chiefs and then the Browns. I see a lot at number two and then the Bills at number three. So it's, it's an exciting time to be on the, the I-90 Express pipeline. Listen, I don't know. I think that it's getting a little ahead of ourselves. I do think that that I will tell you what, if and I will book it now, Browns by four week one against the Chiefs when they go to Kansas City. But the city of Cleveland will burn down. Twitter should get their servers ready for that possibility because the hype will be completely out of control if they go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City in week one. Uh, it this is a perfect segue into the schedule, so let's just jump right in it. Yeah, so I this is – I think that – so there's all different kinds of metrics you can look at who has the toughest schedule, whatever. Um, and I think most of like the big ones that you see are based on last year's record, which it's not like a bad jumping off point to go from. Um, I think the Browns have like the 10th toughest or something. So that's really not that bad. Um, all of the, a lot of that's driven though, because they play AFC North teams twice, right? So they have to play the Steelers and the um, Ravens twice. So they're ranked really high because you, you'll notice all the AFC North teams are ranked really high based on last year's schedule. I, I just don't believe in the Steelers anymore. I don't think that that is those two games. If they don't sweep the Steelers, then the Browns have a big problem. Um, I think that they, they got to sweep the Steelers. They got to sweep the Bengals. Um, and I really, they really lucked out. This is like weird anomaly. It's the first time in like 28 years or something where they played, they play the Ravens back to back. Um, but the Browns get the benefit of a buy in between that game and the Ravens have to travel to Pittsburgh. So they play at Baltimore and then buy, and then they play the Ravens again at home. And the Re- Ravens meanwhile, play the Browns at home at Pittsburgh at Cleveland. So um, I just think that they have a night. So they go Kansas city and then they really have the first half of the schedule really through week 11 Um is a pretty favorable schedule. They have one West Coast trip where they got to go play um, the Chargers. So get Herbert ready some humble pie for his sophomore slump um, when he gets to meet Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Um, but the other than that, they don't have to. They don't have another big West Coast trip. They have the benefit with the 17-game schedule this year of get 
an additional home game. So they're, they have nine. So it's uneven that way. They picked up the Cardinals um, who frankly don't scare me remotely. And I would not be surprised if, um, um, if their coach doesn't make it all the way through the season, but um, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. Who's the actor that he looks like? Oh, what's um, Oh, he was in uh, remember the Titans. He's a, uh, he's that. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's that? Anyways, we'll come back to it. But the, um, so yeah, I, I mean, they have to go to Foxborough. I guess that should like always be somewhat concerning, but I mean, not against Cam Newton or Mac Jones, frankly. I don't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be worried. But even about if that. you, I think even like conservatively, I think it's pretty easy. It was pretty easy for me to, and I try to look at these things very conservatively. Like I would even throw in the Chargers as a potential loss just because it's a West Coast trip. You know, there you go. Um, that's a potential loss just because, you know, teams traveling um, across the time zones generally don't favor, play that well. I think Herbert's a really good quarterback, too. We'll see. I think I, I think he stunk I saw him so play. bad. He stunk so bad at Oregon. Yeah, but still, I mean, he he I saw him play. I mean, against the Bills last year, he wasn't great, but you could just see his processing. Him and Hunter Henry was just really good against the Bills. And his pro just for a rookie, it was a light years ahead of where Josh Allen was. And he could run a little bit, not as well as that Josh could, but he was just, it was just really impressive from my vantage point. Just wait until now that defensive coordinators have a year of tape on him. And I just think there's a huge difference between freshman or your rookie in your second season right. for quarterbacks. Um, but maybe he'll be, he'll be great. People tell me that he's better than Joe Burrow, I think are out of their minds because the talent that he had around him and the structure that he had versus what okay. Burrow dealt with last year. And I know that uh, the Chargers record was much better, but Burrow kept them in so many games, just unbelievably through sheer force of will. I don't know. I'm a believer in Joe Burrow. So, um, I mean, I think he's going to fail miserably. Southeast Ohio native, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, sort of native because he, his dad was a, his dad coached at Ohio university. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he, like, he's not born and raised in Ohio. I mean, he calls that home. That's where he went to high school, but he, um, I think he was born in Nebraska because I think he came over with Solich or somebody um to OU but anyways so there's nothing that like I think it really fell kind of favorably for the Browns because they don't have the back half is pretty tough but I think that they could get I I would expect that they get to 11 wins um and anything beyond that um would be gravy in my mind and I think 11 wins should be enough to get you in the playoffs oh yeah and it'll just depend on how those Ravens games go I think so. If I'm looking at the Browns' schedule, if I had a point, look at a game that excites me to watch as a non-Browns fan, it's definitely got to be Christmas against the Packers. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be great. I mean Aaron Rodgers will probably be on the Broncos, so it <laughs> might be a little less exciting watching Bryce Love versus Baker Mayfield. But um, oh, is that his name? I thought his name was oh, what's his, Bryce what Love is. is it's Bryce Love, the running back from Stanford. Yeah, yeah. What's Maybe. The, it's Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love, is that right? Who's uh, Bryce Love? Whatever. Uh, who, who? I'll learn. I'll learn Aaron Rodgers' replacement when it actually happens. Oh, what's this name. guy's name? 
Not Blake Bortles. They did sign Blake Bortles though pretty recently. They signed some other quarterback today too. Oh, we got to get. I have a buddy who from Jordan Nashville loves, who Jordan Love. Jordan Love. It's. I have a buddy from Nashville, huge Packers fan, grew up in Milwaukee. We got to get him on to talk about Aaron Rodgers saga because it's great. He's yeah, a that is great. He's I would love to of our one episode. I would love to. And did you hear? Um, oh, oh, Shifter talk about like when he dropped that bomb on draft day. It wasn't like really a, anybody telling. Like, Nobody, it wasn't like he'd learned about it that day. He just decided to drop the bomb on draft day and like have that be the narrative. Chef, yeah, just like, but I think also Aaron Rodgers is the one that fed that to him a year to the day after they drafted Jordan Love. You think so? Uh, I don't know. It's it's an awesome Aaron Rodgers runs on bitterness, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I think he's it's amazing that he's. It's still elite. I, I mean, Aaron, I, I just enjoy watching him play. Would I, you trade Josh Allen and a first for Aaron Rodgers? Right now? No, absolutely not. If I, oh, if I would it, trade Baker Mayfield in the first and the second for Aaron Rodgers. I, for, if Aaron Rodgers was 29 and I knew he had seven good years in him left, yeah, I would trade Josh Allen for Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I, yeah, I think you got three good runs at the Super Bowl with the Browns' current roster. The Browns' current roster with Aaron Rodgers on it is like, yeah, I think so. Hey, you talk about Aaron Rodgers, who has like uh, Devonte Adams. No, who's a uh, de- uh, wide receiver one for the Packers? Yeah, Devonte Adams. Yeah, Devonte Adams. Yeah, so he has Devonte Adams, but he is so thirsty for some like outside of Devonte Adams, some quality receivers. And the Browns have dot like they they have all the receivers you could ever want. I mean, they could do whatever they wanted. It would be disgusting. It would be disgusting. I would do it in a second. I'd give up two. I'd give up two first, probably. The thing is, they don't want a quarterback back. And so then what do you do? They already took Baker's fifth-year option. Yeah, the, the, the Bills picked up Josh They're Allen. They're not going to do it. I just think it's fun. I think no, it's a no, fun I mean, mental I, exercise. I'm People get so mad about it. And, like, Mayfield was like, uh, when the, during the Deshaun Watson talk, you love that the Houston Ooh. Texans first pick was a quarterback. So, so draft. before b- before Deshaun, anyone realized that he liked Masseuses a little bit too much. Would you have traded for uh, for Baker for him straight up? Hundred percent. Yes. See, I don't I think, think Deshaun's a top, Allen for him. I think he's. I think that Deshaun is a, is already a top four quarterback in the league. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I I think Baker's good. I just think his ceiling is. I think I think you can go to the Super Bowl with a top ten quarterback, um, and I think that's where Baker can be. I just never. I don't know that I ever see him getting into. He might have a season or two where he's top five, but Deshaun Watson is crazy. Like he, the plays he makes, you're just like, yeah. what do I do with that? He's just he's a notch below Mahomes in my mind. I think Allen has some of that in his DNA, but I think that um, Watson and Mahomes are a little more nuanced in their passing, their ability to kind of slow it down, layer the ball. Yeah, for sure. I I think Allen still brings in the red zone something that neither Mahomes or Watson will ever have the ability to bring, which is the just the running, the rushing. Ability. Your homerish is coming out. Dude, if you think I, is, there's Josh a Allen is the... bringing. Josh yeah. Allen is bringing nothing that Patrick Mahomes isn't bringing. Dude, Patrick Mahomes can't bring it. Dude, Patrick Mahomes is it will and probably forever will be better than Josh Allen. I'm not denying that, but I'm just saying, 
in the red zone, Patrick Patrick Mahomes had that run against the Titans, which isn't impressive if you look back at it. It's very disgustingly terrible for the Titans defense at the effort that they gave on that run. Mahomes he didn't run need over to anything. run. He can look at one direction and somehow see out of the back of his head that someone is wide open and flick his wrist and yes, throw it. Ta- I'm talking about running ability. I'm not talking about Patrick <laughs> Mahomes being a He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. <laughs> We're devolving. Tell me about the Bills' schedule. Josh Allen is a better rusher than Patrick Mahomes, and I will put I will I will take that to the bank. And that's, that's fine. So is and Lamar Jackson is a better rusher than Josh Allen. So not that doesn't make him a better quarterback. Not inside that the five doesn't make him a better quarterback. I would take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Would I take him over? No Patrick kidding. Mahomes? No. Lamar Jackson stinks. You got. You don't have to preach to me about that. He's an MVP. Yeah, and that was his best year. Just like my son's best year was 27, 2018. So was Lamar Jackson. It ain't getting any better. Yeah, I don't. I, I do. I do not think it will get any better for Lamar Jackson. And I still want to stand by my point that Josh Allen is a better runner than inside inside the ten yard line than anybody in the NFL. Not the next since Cam Newton. In his prime, in his MVP season, Cam Newton. Not the Nick Chubb. Okay, I'm talking about a quarterback. Nick Chubb ain't a quarterback. All right, let's. All right, I'll move on to the Bills schedule. I'm excited about their schedule. All right, so Sporting News ranks the Browns as their hardest schedule as ninth overall. Bills at I think it was like 25th, 23rd, uh, and again, that's all just like looking. It's a, it's a very primitive stat, just looking at the schedule from last year and like kind of ranking that, which I mean, I don't think I think is a good way to get get a gauge on uh, strength of schedule. But they start out with it helps when you get to play the Jets twice. You guys get to play the Bungles twice. I don't want to hear it. That's true, but Joe Burrow is still better than Trey Lance or whoever they draft. Uh, Zach Wilson, I agree. Whatever, I, I fully whatever agree. bust it is. All right. Well, anyways, Bills start with the Steelers. In Orchard Park, which I'm pretty pumped about, because I don't. Again, I think we're both on the same page of this. Is Steelers, w. Steelers aren't going to be good because they're going to trot out old Big Ben game week one. I don't know if he's going to be trotting out week two for the Steelers, but he will be trotting out week one. I'm pumped about that. And the Bills got him then. Um, I think. I think my hot take is I think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs this year, uh, whether they win. The AFC East, which I'm not predicting, but they could very well could. Um, but I think they hit a wild card. But the Bills got the at Miami. Then they got the the team with no name out there in Washington comes to Orchard Park. Um, who and Fitz Magic's going to be coming back, isn't he? He's going to be the starting quarterback. Houston at Kansas City. Uh, I don't. I don't care about that game. Then in Nashville against the Titans, the game, and then go, let's just fast forward all the way uh, to Thanksgiving. I'm pumped. They got a Thanksgiving game this year. They got the Saints uh, at 8:20 on Thanksgiving, uh, which is going to. I just like Thanksgiving football, so it's that's exciting. It's gonna be a blowout. The Saints are going to stink this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, starting quarterback <laughs> for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous contract I've ever seen in my life. You know what upset me a little bit? I got a little butt hurt over is that the powers to be who did the schedule, right? You had the Bucks and you had two options to have them start Thursday. Like the first game of the season, the Bucks were either going to play the Dallas Cowboys or the Buffalo Bills. 
the best game is obviously the Bucks and the Bills. It's not the freaking Bucks and the Cowboys week one, game one. And it's just a little dis- just disrespectful enough to piss me off because I think the Cowboys suck. They did not deserve that game at all. And so I don't I, – I, if it was up to me, the Bills would play every Sunday at 1 o'clock because I love that. Um, but they got like four primetime games. I'm not compl- – I am complaining about it. That They should be playing Bucks week one. That just really upsets me. Now they're playing. Well, you got the layup though for the Steelers, which you can't complain in Week One. It's nice to start one and now. Yeah, I, nice you know the Browns have done that one time since they've won one Week One game since they returned in '99. I, I will say this: I think it's not that easy for the the Bills because the Steelers. I mean, Steelers they still got T.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt eats Bills players for breakfast. So I think Allen's going to struggle Week One against the Steelers just because I think the Steelers still have a good defense. Um, and I think they only got better with the guy leaving to go to Tennessee. What was that guy? Devin Bush? No. Who's the guy that got paid Bud by? Dupree. Bud, Bud Dupree. Um, but, They'll have somebody else to clean up TJ's gimme sacks when they slide the whole line towards TJ Watt. All right, let's – final segment. Give me your power rankings uh, in the in the central or in the north right now. Uh, I still go Ravens one because they're the defending champs. Um, yeah, Browns didn't beat them either game last year. I'd feel differently if that Monday night football game would have turned out if they would end up splitting the poop or if they would have met in the playoffs. Um, but, um, they got to beat them in my opinion. Um, I respect that. Uh, and then I go Browns and then I'll hold the Steelers at three. I don't think the Browns are that far, though, from, from the Ravens. I think their roster is better. I just think Lamar is, even though I bag on him all the time for not being a great quarterback, I think he is a um, – he's, he's a really difficult matchup for anybody. Um, I think the Browns are better equipped to handle it this year, but it's one thing to have, like, a plan, and then it's one thing to carry that plan out against him. So um, you just got to really score. And, yeah, the Bengals continue – They'll whatever they're going to score points this year. They still have nobody on defense. They still can't protect their quarterback, so it'll be fine. But the Steelers are going in the wrong direction, in my opinion. They're going closer to the Bengals. Um, I do. I think you're right, though, with the Dolphins. I think they have a good shot to make the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think Tennessee is probably going to take a step back this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see between them and the Colts coming out of the AFC South. I have no hope for Houston. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I'm I'm pretty pumped to see because the Bills host the Colts this year, just to see what Wentz does with Frank Reich uh, in Indianapolis, to see if that's like a happy like remarriage, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, I just don't believe in Carson Wentz remotely, so maybe they can recapture that. But he was so stinking bad. I think the Colts roster construct is really good. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Bills a little bit with a just a little like with a better defense i think darius leonard is a is a stud player yeah unfortunately he plays a position that doesn't matter but it's okay wait say it again unfortunately he plays a position that doesn't matter so <laughs> linebackers do matter <laughs> linebackers and running backs whatever all right so all right remember we were so i think he walked this year number 20 on defense for the browns Javier thomas yeah he whenever he was on the field he was trash you telling me it didn't matter that he was on the field or not they couldn't have upgrade that player 
He was a nickel corner. Of course he mattered. Oh, he's a nickel. He's not a linebacker. For some reason, I thought he, he was a uh, no. He was like a he's a really player. good special teams player. Unfortunately, the Browns were devastated with injuries in their secondary last year, and you got to have one of your core four special teams players be a guy who plays seventy snaps on defense. Then you're screwed. Yeah, because even Joe Burrow can just find the turd. Where's twenty? Throw it. Hey, Joe, throw he it. also threw it like 79 times that game. Oh, my God. Every every time I would see his attempts per game, I was just like – and just like the vicious hits that he was taking. So inevitable. So inevitable. Poor Joe. That's all right, though. Couldn't all happen right. to a nicer franchise than the Bengals. <laughs> when Last time the Bengals went to the playoffs, I don't know. I, I I'll can't, tell you I, what. Nobody has ever tweeted about a Bengals playoff win. That's I saw that. I saw stuff. someone say that. Maybe it was you. Yeah, I stole that from somebody else, but I don't know <laughs> who it was, but it's still true. Hey, all right, AFC East power rankings. I got the Bills at one. I think the Bills won 12 games uh, this year. Um, I think they just have a really good – I think their defense um, is a lot better than they played last year. So I think, I think Josh Allen regresses, but I think the offense has just too much talent. Um, so I think they won 12 games. Big homer statement right there. But I, I think, I mean, they won the, the division last year. They won 13 games in the regular season and then went to the AFC Championship. So I have a lot of faith in the Bills to be number one again. Then I got the Dolphins. I think we're both high on the Dolphins. Um, Patriots, I mean, you have to take the Patriots of the Jets until the Jets do something anywhere. I, I don't know where the Jets are going. I mean, they're doing all the right things with the young quarterback, but are they going to be good? Probably not. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to say probably. They are not going to be good this year. So yeah. So that's pretty easy rankings, actually. Uh, you got any quarrels with the Patriots at three? No, no, I think that's right. I, I don't know. I mean, I would have more faith in putting the Patriots at two because I have doubts about Tua, but I've. Equally as many doubts about the Patriots quarterback situation, if not more so than I do about Tua. So it's Devontae. We'll Tua can take it forward. It's Devontae Adams for Green Bay. I'm just having a brain fart right now. It's Devontae Parker for Miami. Oh, what did you say? Oh, I said Devontae yeah. Parker was in Green Bay. Anyways, Excuse we'll, end the podcast. We'll, we'll end the podcast there. We'll come back. Uh, I want the next podcast to be kind of centered around Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield kind of having a conversation or an argument, whichever one is just kind of their genesis in the NFL to where they are now and who's better and who will be better going forward. I think that would be a good pod. And where down we go, oh.